Welcome to the Thrive Vineyard Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Molly Kiefer. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit thrivevineyard.com. So um, I was handed a code book from my family as I launched into adulthood. I hit adulthood with a handbook in my hand, and I thought that this was a universal handbook that I was handed. And um, I want to give you a few pages out of this handbook that I picked up from my family. Here's the first page. Here it is. Cats are cuddly and sweet and ideal pets that only require a litter box that can be emptied from your comfort of your own home year round. Cats are the ideal pet. Here's another page. We eat dessert after every meal or skip the meal and just have dessert if it's a Sunday or a special occasion. The women in my family, we take our maiden name and we move it to our middle initial when we get married. Every woman has done this. I have, there we go. That's how my legal name looks right now. Um, we open gifts on Christmas morning and Christmas morning only. We think puzzles are fun and relaxing. Vacation means a hotel, not a tent, never a tent. That is missions work. Parents pay for and all other expenses until marriage. Now, I had no idea that this wasn't normal or universal, that this wasn't a universal handbook until I got married. And Kevin came and showed up with his handbook, his personal handbook, uh, along with his T-shirts and knickknacks and tennis gear, right? Like, I just thought that this is how we all do life, right? So here's our first blank. We learn what is what normal is. We learn what normal is from our family of origin. That we grow up and we think this is a normal way of being. We are surrounded by a family, an environment that we grow up in that imprints us deeply. It impresses upon us deeply ways of being, ways of thinking, behaviors, actions. And a lot of times this is very helpful. We actually pick up very helpful ways of being, like what it, what it means to be a wife, what it means to be a husband or a dad, what it looks like to live in a, a, a cooperative community. Like this is one of our big goals with our young adult children. Like one day you're going to have to be cooperative in a community of other people. And so we're trying to, this is how you do that. This is how you consider other people. This is how you would be a good coworker. This is how you would be a good boss. This is what it means to, uh, to care for someone maybe when they're sick. This is how you pronounce dispose all. I grew up saying dispose all. And Kevin's like, it's a disposal. And I'm like, no, you dispose all in it. It's a dispose all, right? This way of being, normal way of thinking. But here's the deal. Sometimes the normal we are given is actually not God's best. That sometimes this, uh, what is in deeply written in these handbooks that we show up with, some of these things are actually not godly behaviors. I would go so far to say even we learn sinful patterns from our family of origin. And maybe some of us, we grew up and thought, you know, funny is actually laughing at your siblings around the dinner table. Or we grew up with just this ingrained mentality that, that money, you, money, you serve money. It doesn't, it doesn't serve you. You know, the other way around. Money, money is God. That money, <laughs> money is the most important thing that you, you know, get everything to get it and keep it and control it, right? 
Maybe some of us grow up and we learn how to do um, conflict that we learn like, you know what, just get big, explode, get and get angry, right? Like get really, really big and get really, really scary to people around you. Or some of us learn to bury our feelings and to get passive and to withdraw in conflict, right? And if you spent any time in the book of Genesis reading those first families, you'll see what I mean about patterns of sin that gets get passed down through generations. Like even here, and our first families and our father of faith with Abraham. If you read the story of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, you will see these sinful patterns and the consequences of sin that are handed down from one and like, up oh, there it is in the next generation. And there it is in, you know, with Jacob in the next generation. You'll see things like, I'm lying and deception, right? Just handed down from father to son. Down the line, down to grandson, you'll see things like poor intimacy in marriage. If you read through those family stories, you'll see um, betrayal in there. You'll see um, them just absolutely favorite the favoritism by by parents and um, and just absolute strife among siblings, right? And if we see this in in the father of faith, if we see this thing, we can observe a pattern of sin. And brokenness. There's your next fill in the blank. Sin and brokenness that's transmitted through generations. And again, even people who carry the the favor and blessing of God, if it's in their family, um, we better believe that that same thing is at work today. And maybe some of you are going like, whoa, 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 why so dark? Why be in such a downer here? Like, can't, you know, no family is perfect. Can we just leave it alone and move on? Well, we are moving on in our series, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, and we are on um, week three as we've been working on this study, and we are, we are looking at this week, the whole point is this, it is going back so we can go forward. It's going back, and it's looking at what we grew up in so we can go forward, because the deal, you guys, much of who we are today, our inner dialogue, our behaviors, our thought patterns, um, our, our ways of being and doing both good and bad. So many of them are a product of our past. And so we want to go back with one goal, one goal only, not so that we wallow in shame or regret, but so that we can move forward so that we can, re, we can actually break off the power of the past and move forward into all God has for us. Because the truth is this, whether we choose to look back or not, we all are handed emotional baggage from our past. And it's not just from our family of origin and, and sinful patterns that may emerge there, but it is also, you guys, that the deal is that we pick up these negative messages. We pick up um, meaning and false identity. We pick up some heavy stuff from our formative years because we all oh, we live in this broken, sin-ridden world, don't we? And we are surrounded by um, broken people. And we, we all have grown up, whether, again, not just things from our family and our family's ways of doing, but just our interactions with our siblings alone. Or um, maybe it was like a first love or a crush or something from a teacher or a coach that happened. Maybe some of us experienced earthquake events in our past like a loss of a, a parent or a, a parent's loss of a job or something like that. And the problem is, guys, here's the problem with these painful, formative childhood experiences. The blame and the accusation always go inward. That blame and accusation always go inward. No child looks at their environment 
and goes, you know what? Mom and dad are having a rough season, right? They, they don't look at their environment and go, what's wrong with my environment? No, we, we look at our environment and we go, what's wrong with me, right? Like, what's wrong with me? This parent left. This person rejected me. This coach was harsh. And we always go inward. And the answer is always personal. I'm wrong. There's something wrong with me. I'm unworthy of love. I don't matter enough. I don't have enough value. I'm not worth enough attention. I'm not worthy of love. If I wasn't wrong, then this situation would never have happened. Then this person would never have left, right? Then this bad thing would, would never have happened in my life. It always, we always go inward, you guys. And this is a powerful current. That happens as we grow. This is weighty baggage. These are, these are crippling messages in so many ways. And here's the deal. Because these happen in our formative years, as our brain is developing, our brain develops along with these negative messages along with these lies. And so we develop our emotions, our social development, our physical development, our brain development. It happens alongside these whispers of the enemy, these negative messages that get lodged into our core of our being from these early ages. And so we grow up with them, right? And there, what happens is there's like this entwinement and it just all of a sudden that message seems so normal. It seems so right because it, it feels like it is, it's always been there. It feels so familiar because we've grown up with it. It's like this white noise in the background. How many of you guys sleep with white noise makers? Some, somewhere, somehow, Kevin started white noise, probably when we had kids and he was trying to drown out whatever was happening out there. And now if we go to a hotel and there's no noisemaker, the silence is deafening, isn't it? Like we just, we grow up like this the same way with these white, these messages. It's like white noise. We just, we grow up with them and we seem to expect them and they belong there. They seem right. They seem normal to us. And so what I want us to do, this is why it is so important to look back, is that there is this um, bit about our lives, you guys, again, that can feel so normal, and it can feel familiar, and it can sound right, that grows up with us, that we, again, think this is just how it is, but it's weighty, and it's baggage, and it wasn't meant to go with us. And so this is why we look back. This is why we go back, because we want to take a look at what patterns, maybe sinful patterns, emerge out of our families of origin. We want to look at some of our first formative experiences and say, how did that affect me? What did I pick up along the journey? What's going with me that is, I believe, is just normal, but is actually weighty baggage? How are we doing with our fill in the blanks? Am I keeping up? Are we doing okay? Okay. All right. Um, so here's what we want. Here's what we want to do, guys. We want to look back. We want to look back. But here's the deal: we never go back and search alone. Never. We're going to do what David did, and I want us to join up with God, who is the one who has the grace, who has the ability, who has the power to actually do something about the weighty baggage that we're carrying. We want to go with the one who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, and we want to do what David said in Psalm 139. This is what David writes. He says this before God, search me, O God, and know my heart. 
test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Here is our scripture for looking back so we can go forward because David knew that God had a way to be to a way forward, a way everlasting out in front of him and that God was leading him somewhere. And so he invites God. He said, God, you know what? Come and shine the light on my heart, on my motives. Help me, help me to identify what feels normal, what feels just like white noise in my life. That's just a part of me, but is actually an offensive way. Come and discover in me my anxious thoughts. Know what's in the depth of my heart. And the purpose is this. The purpose is uprooting and unloading. Uprooting and unloading. These anxious thoughts, these offensive ways, the emotional baggage that actually is really heavy, that actually slows us down, that actually interferes with the joy and the peace and the pleasure of God that is actually resting on our lives. We want to get rid of, we want to unload this weighty stuff because it, here's the deal. It slows us down on how far we could go, but also this, guys. Also, we see so, so clearly that these are things that will be handed down from our lives, right? We want to look ahead to the generations to come and say, they're going to be farther ahead than I am because I'm dealing with this stuff. I'm inviting God this work in of looking back to go forward so you won't have to in the years to come, right? That's what we are going for because here's the deal, guys. We are packing for the future today, right now. We are packing for the future and God is leading us too, just like he was leading David in the way everlasting and we must decide what will go with me and what will I leave behind? That right now, right today, you are packing for the future. You are packing for a future that comes behind you and you must decide what will go with me and what will be left behind. I wonder if you have ever been to the airport with a suitcase that won't fly. We went to Hawaii a couple of years ago and, um, you know, they started raising the prices of bags, right? And so, um, in my attempt to save some money, I looked at a family of five and I said, we are taking two bags and two bags only, and we will find the biggest bags that we can find and we will stuff these puppies. And, um, and so we did. And when we were, somehow we got there fine, but when we were flying home. I don't know if it was sand in our flippers or what we picked up along the way, but these bags were so heavy. And we got there with our boarding pass and a smile on our face and put those suitcases up there. And the lady was like, "Uh uh-uh, nope. Like you are 10 pounds overweight and you can either pay three times the price or you can unload this thing. So, of course, we unzip it right here in the middle of, like, the whole check-in area, right? We have this huge suitcase, and we're, like, going through it, and we're, like, ditch the sunscreen, and, like, you know, there's .2 ounces, right? And we're, like, get rid of, like, okay, fine. Like, those shorts can be left. Like, we're literally, like, and then put it back up, and, like, oh, like, four more pounds. And, like, we're sweating, and we're just trying to get rid of stuff, like, right here in this baggage area, right? Like, Here's the deal. There is stuff that sometimes it's like, that is too heavy. That thing isn't going to fly, right? That can't fly. You can't fly with that. So here's the deal, guys. Where we are going, some things need to be unpacked. They need to be left behind. They shouldn't fly with us. And you have a boarding pass. It is printed. It is ready. It is in your hand. Jesus paid for it. 
he bought you the ticket all the way into the way everlasting to abundant life. And he's giving you this boarding pass and he is saying, listen, some of that baggage needs to get left behind. I know where we're going. I know what's ahead. I know what's ahead for the people coming behind you. Here is where we we are headed, guys. We're headed to this future of on-fire followers of Jesus, aren't we? Ones who are overflowing with the goodness of God, overflowing with the abundance of resource that God has provided. We've already set our, our, we bought our ticket. We know our destination. Nothing less than on fire followers of Jesus who live with a hope in us that people are like, what is different about you? What, how do you live in such hope and joy? How do you live in security? How do you get up and face what's going on another day with a smile on your face, right? Like this is where we're headed. And we know that as we're headed towards these on-fire followers of Jesus, that something's happening in in the interior of our lives. And Paul describes it like this in Galatians 4, 19. Paul says this, until Christ is fully formed in me. This is the destination, until Christ is fully formed in me. And that word for fully formed there, it's um, morpheo, morpheo. And it literally means a mind and a life in complete harmony with the mind and life of Jesus. Complete harmony. And if you look at that word morpheo, it looks like a pretty familiar word, right? Like morpha. Just kidding. No, Kevin loves pho. No, morph. It looks like morph, doesn't it? Morph. Like that's a great It's a great description in my mind. This is where Paul, yes, Paul, the one with the horrific background, the one with the scandalous story, the the worst of all, and he's the one who is saying, here's what's happening with me. Jesus and I are literally being morphed into one. I know exactly where I'm headed, nothing less than a life that is complete harmony with the mind and life of Jesus himself. This is what is possible, a morphed life. It reminds me of the Froyo swirl. Um, Froyo is one of my absolute favorite desserts. If you love free samples and being in control as much as I do, it's like heaven. Seriously. And, um, and so there used to be places all over the place and they're shutting down. But we would go with the kids and the kids would make these crazy creations, things that are, you know, unspeakable. They would, it'd be like pomegranate and cookies and cream. And, and, and then gummy bears in like, you know, like Heath bar, but then what they would do, Oh, they would mix it all up. Like they, I'm like, what, what are you doing? No, it's like the cake batter and the peanut butter and the chocolate have their spots, right? But they would mix it all up and it was like one big fruity chocolate mess like that. No, that can't all exist together, but that's the picture. Like you don't know where the pomegranate starts and the cookies and cream ends, right? Like this is a concept of morphed where we are invited into a life where Jesus, where Jesus and Molly are so, so connected, so intertwined with each other that I don't, I don't know. I don't know where my peace left and where my striving left and my accomplishments and dreams left and where Jesus has begun because we're so connected. That's the future of where we're headed. And Jesus has said, come with me, come with me. But there's some things we're going to have to lay aside on this journey. Let's lay a few things aside. And so how, how do we do that? How do we get there? How do we fly? I love Hebrews 12, one for this. Here's what it says. Pick up the simplicity of this. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders 
Let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Here is the simplicity of our journey on this earth, guys, putting off the sinful patterns of our families of origin, putting off the negative ways of being and the heavy baggage that some of our first formative experiences and the lies of the enemy have put on us as we've walked this journey, things that have been handed to us, things that seem normal and, well, just have to learn to live with it. Put those things off. Because here's the deal, you guys, the first followers of Jesus, do you remember he called them disciples? They weren't called Christians until down the line. They were first called disciples. And this was the identity that they were birthed in. And a a disciple means this. A disciple is just a learner. It's just a learner. It's just someone who follows the master and learns the ways of the master. And that was the identity that, that God intended. That was what Jesus was just speaking all, all, all the time over them, right? Come follow me. Just come be my disciple. I'm inviting you to come be my disciple and just learn from me. And what we're doing is this, guys. We are unlearning what was handed to us from the world, from our families, from those negative experiences, what the enemy whispered in our ear, what was imprinted on us from sin, those things that were handed down to us, And here's the heart of discipleship in God's family. We are just breaking free from those destructive, sinful patterns of our past and learning the life of love that God intends. We're just undoing certain things and learning a new way. We're relearning how to do life as God intended. We are relearning what it means to live in his pleasure. We're relearning what it means that he um, put his favor on us, or his anointing on us. We're just relearning what it means to wake up in grace. We're learning what it means to take hold of mercy into our, into our lives. We're just relearning. We're relearning what he intended for us in that garden. The garden that he called Eden, which means delight. And I, it's one of my favorite uh, images is to go back to the fact that God, he made man and he picked man up and he put him in the middle of something. He said, delight, right? You live in the middle of my delight. Just go, go do, do your, go do your work, go make things, go be creative, go help people. Go serve your family. You do it all in the middle of my delight. So we're just relearning the ways of the garden. We're relearning the ways of heaven. That's what we're doing on this earth. And no matter where we are and in what setting, again, no matter our vocation, no matter our life circumstances, no matter any of it, the call is still the same. Just come be my disciple. Come relearn my ways. Come be led into the way everlasting, right? It's such a worthy mission. There's nothing mundane about it. It's to constantly relearning the ways of the kingdom. To share in that process of transformation. And um, Pete Scazzaro, who wrote Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, shared this story in um, the Devo book that we're doing. And I feel like this is the, the best picture of what it means to relearn the ways of God. And here, I want to share this story with you. And this is... Um, from Tony DeMello's book, The Song of the Bird. And here's how it goes. A man found an eagle's egg and put it in a nest of a barnyard hen. The eaglet hatched with a brood of chickens and grew up with them. All his life, the eagle did what the barnyard chicks did, thinking he was a barnyard chick. He scratched the earth for worms and insects. He clucked and he cackled. 
He would thrash his wings and fly a few feet into the air. Years passed and the eagle grew very old. One day he saw a magnificent bird above him in the cloudless sky. It glided in graceful majesty among the powerful wind currents with scarcely a bit of its strong golden wings. The eagle looked up in awe. Who's that? He asked. That's the eagle, the king of the birds, said his neighbor. He belongs to the sky. We belong to the earth. We are chickens. So the eagle lived and died a chicken, for that's what he thought he was. So here is this eagle, and it was essentially born in an environment. It was born in the barnyard environment, and because it was born in this environment, and it was surrounded by chickens doing chicken things, it believed this is all that I will ever be on this earth, right? And the truth is, is that eagle always belonged in the sky. It never for a minute belonged on the earth, right? But it believed in its heart. It believed that it was just a product of its environment. It believed that it, it needed to be, it needed to fit in and have the ways of the barnyard when all along it was meant for the ways of the sky. And we too, we too do not belong to this earth. That we have been called to live a life of majesty, a life of, uh, of one that represents heaven, a life that is characterized by one of the sky, king of the birds, right? And this is the invitation that you actually have eagle in you, Christ in you, new creation. Like Kevin was saying, the holiness, the righteousness of God in you. You belong to the sky. And the enemy will whisper, that white noise will whisper, no, you're just a chicken. You're just a chicken and you belong on this earth all day long. All day long, your surroundings will tell you you're just chicken, right? You're just chicken. And here's what I long for you is to stand in front of you and tell you, no, no, you belong to the sky. You belong to the sky. This is where you were meant to be. And this is what we are becoming. We are becoming who God designed us to be. And all along that eagle living like a chicken all along, that eagle had the DNA of an eagle in him, right? It was all in there. It was all in the interior. He was fully eagle all the time. He was. And he never had to pretend he was an eagle. He, he, he didn't have to like mimic that or fake it or perform it or wish it. He just had to start learning the ways of the eagle. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing, church. We are learning the ways of the eagle. We are laying aside the ways of the barnyard. But here's the deal. Can you throw it off if you don't realize you're entangled? Can you lay aside the ways of the barnyard if you don't realize that they are just barnyard ways? They just are ways of the earth. This is why we go back. This is why we say before God, we lay our lives before him and say, examine my heart. Search me. Bring to the forefront my anxious thoughts. Let me see them as you see them so I can lay them aside so I can throw off the limits and the baggage of my past so I can fly. So I can be where I belong in that sky. And so this is why I want us to ask with the Lord, how did my family of origin impact me? What experiences did I have that have, have imprinted my developing brain, my developing ways? What do I need to intentionally work on untangling, unhooking? What do I need to lay aside in order to move forward with discipleship with Jesus? 
And so what I want to do today is just give you a simple flying lesson. And we are not tackling all of your past in this moment. I just want to remind you that God is gentle. He's kind. He's caring. He knows what we can handle. Um, but I just want us to pick one thing today that we see maybe as a pattern that has emerged from our family. Maybe, again, it's was something I mentioned, a way of doing conflict. Um, maybe there is something that you can recognize. It's just a sinful pattern in your family, and you're like, that's going to stop here. Um, maybe it is something that you see that just carries a negative message. Um, maybe something from your formative experiences that you just picked up in the broken world. It's just honestly, guys, we're identifying something of the barnyard in our lives in this moment. And I want us to just say, you know what? I do this. So maybe it's uh, I defend or I blame, 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 blame all day long. Maybe it's this is something I'm working on, criticizements and judgments, criticizing and judging people. Maybe it is withholding love. Maybe in conflict, you just back all the way away and you just withhold or you punish people, you get silent. Maybe um, you tend to over-function in control. And maybe you have a really hard time with staying in your own lane and staying within your own person. Maybe you, you lie. Maybe that's just something that's just, you just notice, yeah, I, too easily. Too easily, I can just go ahead and give in to that. Or maybe you live in performance, you need to earn love. And I want you to recognize something and, and just go, yep, this tang- entangles me easily. I see that. This keeps me on the ground. And, uh, and this is just the place of restoration for right now. And what I want us to do, because Christ is being formed in us, because we're packing for the future, I just want you to fill in this blank. And I want it to go something like this. It's an I am statement about something that um, God is in you, something that he is offering in you. I am blank, therefore I will, and that's an action. So here's my example. I am patient, therefore I will listen without interrupting. I am patient. I have to tell myself that. I am patient. Therefore, I will listen to everything he is saying and not interrupt. Or I am generous. So I will ask for forgiveness first. That's a big one for me too, because I expect everyone else to do it first, right? Okay, I'm going to give you one more. I could go on all day with mine. I could. (laughs) I am relational. Therefore, I will enjoy connection with my family. I realized I was on the phone and I was always multitasking and rushing, rushing, rushing my time with them. And the lie was like, I'm just not relational. I'm just too, I'm too busy, right? No, I'm relational. Therefore, I will enjoy connection. Okay, so those are all my examples. I want you to take just a second. I am blank. And this is just a statement that you're going to focus on this week. That you're going to just repeat to yourself. When you feel that thing kind of sneaking back in, that entanglement sneaking back in. I am blank, therefore I will. Maybe some of you need to press into, I am peaceful. So while you're finishing that up, Kevin and Carly are going to pass out, I like object lessons. And so you guys are all going to go home with a chicken. This is a peep. And I want to remind you, I want you to see this. This is great because we're like in peep season, right? When you see these, I want you to remind yourself, I belong to the sky. I actually belong to the sky. I'm setting aside the ways of the barnyard 
I'm setting away aside how my environment has formed Preston on me. Maybe you need to take one for someone who's with one of your kids or something. Go ahead. You can, you can just, Kev, you can give them, they can just pass them down. You can be generous, Kevin. Kevin's giving like one out. Thank you. Now he's throwing them. Okay. (laughs) All right. So you got your chick. To remind yourself we're laying aside the ways of the barnyard. We belong to the sky. We belong to the sky. Do you have a question? Oh, I was hoping you would take it home. I was yeah, some of you will you know, it won't make it out, but I was hoping you would take it home and just remind yourself in this season, I belong to the sky. I'm setting aside the ways of the barnyard. This is why we look back to go forward. And so we're going to stand up and I'm going to pray over you guys. We're going to stand up and I'm going to pray over you this week. As you take your statement with you, I want to remind you that we're packing for the future. We're packing for the future. You're moving towards the future what are you going to lay aside you need to decide what goes with you and what doesn't go with you and so Holy Spirit we just welcome you in this place and we just thank you that you're here as the one who so glorious, gloriously and kindly rebukes, encourages, teaches comforts, moves us forward we thank you that we not for a minute we're not, we don't go towards our future alone and thank you God, that you gave us Jesus. He died on the cross so your presence would go with us, be in us, that you would be all the effort we ever needed would be just to trust you. And so right now, guys, I feel like for some of you, you feel like your past is like so overwhelming and it's been so negative. And I just feel the grace of God right now in this moment where he just is reminding you that He is a redeemer. He's a redeemer that he takes what the enemy meant for good. And it's all raw material. It is all raw material for God to work, rework, that he's reworking it, that he's reworking. Not one of it was lost. Not one moment of it was lost. That it's all opportunity. I hear him just saying, oh no, I speak opportunity over these things. They're just opportunities. So right now I just rebuke and say there's no place for condemnation. There's no place for guilt and shame. As we think about where we've been and where we're going. That Jesus says, you're yoked with me. You're yoked with me. And I will teach you my ways. We do it together. We just do it together not too much for me. I've overcome the grave. It's not too much for me. And so God, we welcome your refining and teaching work in our lives. Guys, maybe some of you want to just hand, hold your arms open before the Lord and just say, I welcome your teaching ways. Teach me the ways of the sky. Teach us the ways of the eagle, God. We hear what you've spoken over us. We hear what you've dreamed over our lives, Christ in us, fully formed in us.